It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast on a Friday. It's Friday. A lot to get to. I'm James Erpine on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. Subscribe iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes. Literally wherever you get your podcast, Locked On Bengals is there. And as always, check out LockedOnBengals.com. A lot there. A lot there, a lot there, a lot there. Also, follow on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. And let's, um, let's get right to it. If you're new to the podcast, I'm James Erpine. I cover the Bengals. For ESPN 1530 and 700 WLW in Cincinnati. And we do this every single day. This podcast, it's your daily Bengals fix. And it's great to be with you on a Friday. You're going to hear from Dave Lapham in today's show. And we're going to discuss two things. I'm going to react to some of your messages I've received about Billy Price. And why my logic and why they shouldn't take him 21st overall in my mind. And also going to get to a revelation of sorts about Tyler Eifert that I had. And it's the most simple thing. And and that's where I want to start. Like I said, you're going to hear from Dave Lapham on a bunch of stuff in this podcast, including the signing of of Chris Baker, including Tyler Eifert and including Preston Brown, plus Cordy Glenn. And and if he helps Joe Mixon more or Andy Dalton more, because that's really interesting as well, because we wrote about that locked on Bengals.com and uh, Deepak Kumar, who writes for Locked on Bengals, wrote about the, the analytic side and how Cordy Glenn is going to have an impact in the running game and the rushing attack it, just by sheer numbers and volume on how many times they ran to the left side versus the right. So you can check that out, LockedOnBengals.com. And I want to start with Tyler Eifert because I'm listening to Dan Horde and, and Dave Lapham yesterday, and, and Dan Horde has a really good podcast, the Bengals Booth Podcast, and him and Dave, obviously, they do a great job on the, on the Bengals radio network, but... I'm listening to this podcast, and I can't believe I didn't think about this before, but they're talking, and Lap is describing the process of how Tyler Eifert ended up back in Cincinnati on a one-year contract. And I'm going to let you hear what he said. And why he, while he said it, a light bulb flickered on. And if you're, you were against the Eifert signing or you weren't happy with it, and there were plenty of people out there that said, look, he's played in 39 out of 80 games. There's no reason why you should keep Tyler Eifert around. I, I get that argument. You spend it on the offensive line, James. You're talking about Cameron Fleming, a right tackle. Use that money on him. I get it. But listen to Lap here, and once you do that, I'm going to explain what light, light bulb went on, and we'll see if I can convince you otherwise. Here's Dave Lapham. Uh, talking with Dan Hort on the Bengals Booth Podcast. Once the Bengals matched what the Rams and 49ers, and you know what was involved in that Rams deal, you know he had, a, had an opinion and, and a voice in it. And the 49ers, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo having Tyler Eifert in the red zone and even as a security blanket, so you knew what they were thinking. Um, two young quarterbacks that are on the, on the uptick, you know, their graph is going up. Both organizations said Tyler Eifert is a scoring machine. I mean, the touchdown makers have value, particularly red zone touchdown makers, to the level that he is uh, able to produce. So uh, once all things being equal, um, Tyler Eifert did 
stay with the Bengals like I hoped he he would think and uh, and his, his it's incentive laden could be as much as eight million but it's going to be a you know at least five million dollars could creep up to eight eight a little over eight million dollars and uh, it's going to in my opinion it's probably based on playing time alone you know I mean if you get him out there he's going to put numbers up so the question is you're going to get him out there mm-hmm. so if he's out there he's going to put numbers up Pam. It's fair. It's a fair, fair deal for everybody, all sides involved. And he has a, a one-year show. Me, he's got to bet on himself, and hopefully the football gods cooperate. He stays healthy. And he puts up crazy numbers. So that's Dave Lapham, and good stuff. And you're going to hear more from Lapham in a second. But guess what happened? I heard that, and I already knew this. Hell, I said it on the podcast. I talked with Jim Osarski about it. How San Francisco was interested. How. San Francisco was interested in Tyler Eifert, not only San Francisco, but Los Angeles. And think about those two teams, those two organizations, those two coaches, those two offenses. I think we trust them, right? I know I do. I trust they'd make the right decision. They'd evaluate players the right way. They'd go after the guys that can help them contribute. They were all in on Tyler Eifert. Andrew Whitworth courting Tyler Eifert, trying to get him to go to Los Angeles. They're really good friends. This isn't the first time that I've heard the whole Andrew Whitworth going after Eifert thing. If you listen to the Bengals Booth podcast with Dan Horty, he talks about it a lot. Hell, he talked about it with me on ESPN 1530 in this podcast. Ultimately, very, very good teams, well-run teams over the past year, I'd say. Two years, I'd say. Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Les Snead. I mean, these organizations are ones that we'd be like, man, that's what we want. We want them to go after it the same way the 49ers and the Rams did. They were active in free agency. They upgraded left tackle. They made things easier on Jared Goff. Why? Because they traded for Sammy Watkins and they did this and that. They think outside the box. They were going after Tyler Eifert. Let's say you let someone go at whatever job you do. And they get courted by a big corporation, Google, Apple, some of the innovators in the industry, innovators. You might rethink that decision. You might think like, oh, damn. Let's say you break up with your girlfriend and they go and marry a a doctor who's a nine out of ten with washboard abs. (laughs) You probably made the wrong decision, especially when you're married to Bertha. The Bengals, they didn't want to settle for Bertha, all right? And Tyler Croft is fine, and Bertha, maybe I'm being a little extreme. But the point is, is Tyler Eifert has a huge, huge, huge upside, has huge upside, huge talent. And if offenses like that wanted to bring him aboard and say, man, we're about to kill it with Tyler Eifert, buy low, then I want him then I don't want him to go. I want to keep him around. Seriously, I want him. There's a reason those smart people want him. Let's keep him here. I hope that makes sense. I hope you don't end up with Bertha. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. It's it's simple to me. It's, it's very simple. I mean, it wasn't like it was some league minimum deal. This isn't Jeremy Hill to the Patriots. Smart people, if they're interested in your talent, You might think twice before you let him go. 
And the Bengals did that, and I'll praise him for it. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes, the iHeartRadio app, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, including LockedOnBengals.com. Um, I'm going to react to some of your Billy Price tweets next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Great to have you in on a Friday. You'll hear from Dave Lapham on a ton of stuff. The Bengals offseason moves in more in just a few minutes. But I wanted to get to some tweets because yesterday I wanted to discuss Billy Price. Because Billy Price, it seems like there's a movement. By the way, Solomon Tentman's working right now on a prospect spotlight on Billy Price evaluating the film. That should be up over the weekend. But one thing I said is I don't want the Bengals drafting Billy Price at 21. I think it's poor value. Center's a deep position. Billy Price has a torn peck. Price is maybe the best center, but maybe not. Ultimately, I I look at this, I look at the scenario, I look at the Bengals, what they need, how many picks they have, three on day two of the draft, and I think they're going to be able to get a good center. Or, worst case, if they really like Billy Price, they could trade back five, six, seven spots and get him. And I'm not going to make that argument again. That's the consolidated version. And Jeremy chimes in on Twitter. He says, totally with you on Billy Price. 21 is a reach and there are other options. Do you think they should consider trading up in round two if necessary? Yes. That part, yes, they should absolutely trade up. Consider trading up in round two. He says, with all that said, isn't a rock-solid center to quarterback the O-line the biggest thing they could do to improve this team next year? Maybe. Possibly and probably. Probably. Here's the difference. I don't think that the drop-down from Billy Price to James Daniel is much, if any. And and Daniel might be better, even though he's small. James Daniel from Iowa. So if it's not a big drop-off, and by the way, Solomon Tentman wrote about him already, loves his athleticism, loves him, and would consider him at 21. But that's the thing. If you have three or four centers you'd consider at 21, and they're all really close grade-wise, why not wait till pick 37 and trade up? Or trade back seven picks, get another pick. That's what I'm saying here. This isn't about Price the player. This isn't about center not being a need. Hell yes, it's a need. I'm on team draft a center early. Hell yeah. And I would have been if they signed Russell Bodine. The point of this to me is that the, the, the examples last year, they needed pass rushers. They waited because the value wasn't there at nine. They didn't want Derek Barnett. I forgot his name last year. They didn't want Derek Barnett. They would have considered trading back for him. If they could have traded back five, six spots, they didn't. Or they would wait like they did and get guys like Jordan Willis, get guys like Carl uh, Carl Lawson, because they expected a lot of those guys to be there. To me, to me, this just, it, it's about value. And whether it's safety, whether it's another position, it's that, or you could trade up. You could trade up, and honestly, after hearing what Dave Lapham said, on the Bengals Booth podcast, 
I think the Bengals might consider trading up. I think, you know, everybody's like, you know, fifth round. Having three fifth round picks, there's value there. You know, and, and who's to say that they may not bunch some of those and, and move up? You know, that, that I think I think there's more potential for that this year than trading back. Um, I think that where where their picks are positioned, I think they can they can package and and make a move up if they feel like, boy, this guy has slid to this point. I don't know how much more he's going to slide. We really like him. Let's go get him, kind of thing. No matter what round it is. I mean, they've talked about doing that even in the fourth round, the last two drafts. They've talked about trading up for Bodine. They talked about trading up for Shaw. You know, Shaw's a guy that might play safety rather than he may play more safety than corner uh, this year. So there's. There's always guys that there's there's good value in the fourth, fifth, and, and uh, sixth round, and the Bengals have uh, put their bat on the ball in those rounds very, very well as an organization led by Duke Tobin. That's interesting to me, and that's exactly why, to me, like if Billy Price, you think, let's just say you think Billy Price is the first center and James Daniels is the second center, and you want one of those guys, but you give them a second-round grade, and they're probably going to be available between picks 34 and 40. Or they fall to 41, 42, and you're at 46, and you, you think there's a team that's going to take them. Trade up. You have 11 picks. Trade up. I'd rather that than you taking a player that you have a second-round grade on 12 picks too soon, 13 picks too soon, 15 picks too early. Value. It's very, very, very important. It's very important. I would rather get the safety they want or the corner they want or Mike McGlinchey from Notre Dame or Isaiah Wynn from Georgia and trade up with a fifth and our fourth round pick to get Billy Price or to get James Daniel than to just get Billy Price and wait for 46 to see what's there. That's me. That's what I would rather do. And that goes that goes into the third round, too. It doesn't mean Billy Price or James Daniel. It could be Frank Ragno. Maybe they really like him and they have to trade up earlier into the third round to get him. Maybe they use their second, third round pick in, in a fifth and trade up to get him late in the, on day two. Options, value, that to me is important in the draft, and I think they can address their need at center and succeed doing that. There's no denying centers a need. There's no denying that one bit, and I'm not trying to do that, and I'm not trying to be anti-Ohio State, but I do think that Billy Price is as famous as he is in this area because people know him because he played at Ohio State. It's natural. It's fine. It's all right. It's not a big deal. But if Billy Price played for Washington, if Billy Price played for somewhere out west, we wouldn't know him as much. That's all. It's not a big deal. It's not a make-or-break thing. It doesn't mean he's a bad player. That's all I'm saying. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Let's get to some Dave Lapham because he had some really good stuff on the Bengals Booth podcast with Dan Horde. Here's uh, Dave Lapham on why the Bengals have been more active this offseason with their additions of Cordy Glenn, Preston Brown, re-signing Tyler Eifer, adding Chris Baker. Here's, uh, here's Lap on why they've been so active. That's a good question, Dan. I guess only they can, they can answer that. I'm glad to see it, though. Um, you know, when the season ended, wrote down some needs, left tackle, defensive tackle, linebacker, safety, center, and they've, they've addressed you know, quite a few of them. In free agency, so I guess um, uh, when a guy like Cordy Glenn became available, I think that was a big surprise to even them. You know, I, I don't think that they anticipated a guy of that caliber um, being being available in a trade because, honestly, you know, looking at him when he's healthy, he's 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 upper crust. I mean, he's he's a good player. 
big body guy, long arms, can really move. And, you know, you say, okay, hmm, big body guy, long arms. Cedric Wehi, well, what this guy has is a lot more ballast. He's got anchorability. You know, he's got the athleticism that you have to have to play left tackle, but he doesn't have the anchorability. Talk about, uh, you know, straight-A quarterback, throw with accuracy and anticipation. Straight-A tackle is athleticism and anchorability, and you got to have both. And, you know, everybody sees that Cedric's deficient in that anchorability aspect. This guy's not. When this guy sits, people don't move him. He's, you know, he's a guy that will move people, and people don't move him very easily. So I think, I think it's, uh, you know, knock on wood, the health factor. If if he's 100% healthy, they get themselves, you know, a special player at the left tackle position. That that's big. I'm with Lap. I'm just glad they did. I'm glad they were. I'm glad they were active. It's it's one of those things where I was worried. I was worried they were going to be inactive. I was worried that they were going to do business as usual, and they made a trade. A lot of it's been the same stuff. It hasn't been crazy, but I think Chris Baker could help. I think Preston Brown is better than what they've had in the past. It's it it's their mold at linebacker, but he's 25, and he had 140 tackles last year. It's got to be somewhat of an upgrade. I think he's better than Kevin Minner. And then the Cordy Glenn deal, that, that's it, and the Tyler Eifert deal as well. Those are the two things. That stand out to me. Let's get some more. Speaking of Cordy Glenn, who benefits more from Cordy Glenn? Dan Horde asked if Andy Dalton benefits more or Joe Mixon benefits more. Here's Lap's answer. I think they both do, really. You know, I think that um, I think he's he's a very aggressive, uh, you know, blocker in the running game, and athletic can get to the next level. He can pull, he can run, he can do all the things that you need to have done. Um, you know, he's good in space. Uh, you know. I, in, obviously, with Andy Dalton's blind side, you know, being a big deal, um, and I think sometimes that's even a little overrated now in today's NFL. I mean, you look at the last couple of Super Bowls, the plays that were made uh, to determine Super Bowl victories came right off the the front side of a quarterback, you know, forcing fumbles and pressuring and causing uh, turnovers. So, I, I think you have to be strong across the board in today's football in terms of protection. But I think they they both benefit and. Um, you know, the other thing is, um, you, know, you, you mentioned Joe Mixon. Everybody's looking for the running back now that can not only run the football but catch it. You know, everybody wants that complete guy. They, you know, they want the, the, the bell guy, the bell cow, you know, like Pittsburgh has. Well, Bengals have two. They have two. No t- not many teams in the NFL can have a one, show a one-two punch like the Bengals do with Joe Mixon and – you know, Giovanni Bernard, they both are excellent running the football between the tackles and outside. They both run routes like a receiver, and they both catch a ball like a receiver. So, I mean, there's a lot of benefit there. I just hope he could stay healthy. I hope he could stay healthy. And Joel Chandler wrote about Cordy Glenn's health at LockedOnBengals.com. That's worth – he talked to an injury expert about his foot issues, his his leg issues. You should check that out at LockedOnBengals.com. But uh, one guy that hasn't had many injury issues – in fact, played all but like 10 snaps last year for Buffalo on defense is Preston Brown. He comes over. He's a Cincinnati native and a one-year deal up to $5 million bucks for Preston Brown. The former Bills linebacker was available for a one-year contract. This was very shocking to Dave Lapham. I'm stunned. I mean, to me, that, that has to go into the category of one of the biggest deals of free agency. It really does. I mean, this guy's what, 6'1", 6'1", 250 pounds plus, and can run. You know, he's on the field in the nickel and uh, dime sub packages. That's that's a remarkable uh, 
remarkable thing. I mean, you're on the field all those snaps. You are going to have a chance to lead the league in tackles, and he did. You know, 144 tackles. You know, sometimes tackles can be a little bit dicey. Some organizations give tackles if we, with in an arm and making them in the in the, in the, in the pile of bodies. I can see them on the radio. <laughs> There's an assist. There's another assist. But say say 20 of those occurred. 124, 125 tackles, still amazing. But you're on the field a lot of all those snaps. You can you can rack those up. And he, he runs the field. I mean, he'll run it sideline to sideline. He'll come downhill, stuff the running game. He's, uh, you know, really good with his drops. I, he's, he's a complete linebacker. And to get him for a one-year deal for $5 million, I think when all is said and done, when uh, the season starts, people are going to say, wow, that – and then as it unfolds and see the contribution I think he's going to make to this defense, I think it's going to be one of the major steals of free agency. I was stunned. We'll see how good he is, but – Good stuff there. Look, Lap buys in. Lap's buying into this kid, which clearly means the Bengals probably buying into him too. 25 years old. He wanted to be here. I love it. I love it from a fact that I think he's better than Kevin Minner. I think he's better than what they potentially got. And it's a one-year deal, so it's not like if a linebacker fell to you at 21 or round two or round three that you didn't expect to be there. It's not like you're going to pass on him. Still can uh, consider a linebacker early in the draft. One more. Chris Baker signed. After he was released by Tampa Bay, Lap thinks it could be a great move. No question, and and I think that's uh you know that's a big factor, is that he's got a relationship and he trusts. There's trust both ways, not just player to coach, but co- coach to player as well. There's trust on all levels, um, and you know you hear glowing effusive praise back and forth when you hear Jim Haslett, Jake and Bernie, and Chris Baker all talk about each other. So you hope that that synergy is going to be big. The other thing, as a former player, you make you 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 worked hard to get the big deal. You make the big deal, then you're humbled. What do you do? It didn't work out. It did. You know, you didn't get all the money. Okay, are you going to assume the fetal position and say, well, you know, that's it, or are you going to have a bounce back season, prove that you know what, it, it, it didn't work in Tampa, but that's not me. I'm who you saw in Washington. And I'm not going to assume the fetal position. I'm going to bounce back and show everybody this is Chris Baker. So hopefully there's some of that going on in his mindset too as he you know gets ready in the offseason. And I think it's going to be comforting to him as he attempts to have that bounce back year with familiar people that he had success with. I think that all adds up to potential success again. I hope so. Look, I'm all about low risk, high reward. And Look, Chris Baker, a lot of that deal not guaranteed one year's $3 million for him. I'm James Erpine. That's going to do it today for the Locked on Bengals podcast. Make sure you check out LockedOnBengals.com. I expect Solomon Tentman's prospect spotlight on Billy Price to go up this weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting tomorrow. I will tweet it out at James Erpine at Locked on Bengals. Thank you so much for listening. Please, please, please. Give us a five-star review on iTunes so other Bengals fans can check it out. Shout out to Dan Horton and Dave Lapham. That was a really good podcast as well. The Bengals Booth Podcast. And um, until Monday, when I'm hoping maybe we'll get another move or two to talk about. If not, that's okay too. You can email me as always, jamesrpine at ESPN1530.com on Twitter. At jamesrpine at Locked on Bengals. Have a great weekend. It's supposed to snow here tomorrow the hell it's almost april it's almost april i'm james erpine thank you so much for listening to the locked on bengals podcast
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 